Blog Talk Radio. Praise be to the Lord, my rock. Who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Psalms 144. No practice runs in life. That's right. This is not a test. It's the... Real thing. It's the ChristCast 2020 podcast. My name is Jason Dias alongside... Kiki Culpepper. Two generations with... One mission. And welcome to... The Battle of Lepanto. Oh, yes. The Battle of Lepanto. The most deadly, not most deadly, naval battle of all time. The most deadly battle in the history of the of world. The world. It's going to be intense. It is intense. And it's a fascinating story that a lot of people honestly... Never, heard, Never of. heard of. I didn't hear about it till you were like, we're going to do this. Yes, it's been a bit of obsession of mine. I've done a lot of stuff. As a historian. This is, this is much different than our yes. normal. Yeah, we'll get back to the book of Hebrews next week if we're not all in quarantine. quarantine. If you're listening to this, one of my favorite lines in the history of the show was when I pointed out that you can hear the show in the future. And Kiki said, hello from the past. And so yeah. if you're hearing this in the year of our Lord 2020, the entire world is in the grip of this coronavirus yeah. thing. Um, but we're, we're not here for that. That's right. Nor are we practicing social distancing because our microphone isn't that good. We don't get to do that. Yes, we don't get to do that today. So, hey, we're going to talk to you today about the Battle of Lepanto. If you're listening in contemporary times, we hope this thing swiftly passes and we get back that's to right. our normal lives that many of us often find time to complain about. But that mm-hmm. dull, boring routine looks pretty good it right about now. Nice. Yes, it does indeed. All right. Let's talk about the background here. In the year 1571, two major forces are competing for control of the world, and they are? The Ottoman Empire and Christianity. Yes, the Crescent and the Cross. However, the Christian Church has a bit of a problem because it's been divided by the Reformation. And to make matters oh, worse, <laughs> yeah, you, you Reformed Church people. Uh, yes, I know what that is. <laughs> sure you and do. the Ottoman Empire is on a winning streak, which does not give the Christians much hope. In no, that. not at all. And they, I mean, they're on a big time winning streak. They've just taken over the island of Cyprus. All those great cities that we talk about, Ephesus and Corinth. They're all under Muslim control at this point. It's not a good sight. Not a good time. All the work that the Apostle Paul did creating those Christian churches has been wiped out by the Ottoman Empire. And this has been going on for a long time. In 622 A.D., Anno Domine, Muhammad Mm -hmm. had set out from Medina to conquer the Christian world. Then by 1571, they had one prize left. They had one target left. Europe. And they said, oh yeah, that's reasonable. We're just going to conquer all of Europe. Why not? We've got the best and biggest navy in the world, and so we'll do that. And of course, you have to remember, although in contemporary times, it seems like a very short period of time in history. Of course, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and there is this there is this knowledge now in 1571 that there is this other continent There's a whole other side. that you can take over that's ready for the taking. You can conquer, but you wow. have to take over Europe if you want to sail and secure yeah. it for the Ottoman Empire. Well, the, there's other stuff you can conquer. All kinds of good. There's always something to take over. The Ottoman Turk naval and military tactics were actually pretty simple. They would land Simple's at a port. Almost the best. 
kind yeah, of. Yeah, they had a they had a real simple way of doing things. They would land at a port in a Christian town and unload a few hundred Ottoman Marines who would send young women, boys, and other small children <laughs> into slavery in the east and to the mm, Ottoman harems. Yeah, not a very good place to be. Then, just to add insult to injury, they would publicly behead all the elderly residents and then collect the healthy males and send them to the galleys. And we got to talk about that because the life as a galley slave is about the worst thing. And if you don't know what a galley is, it's a boat that has to be rowed by, you may have seen pictures of this, the guys rowing the boat. They're literally underneath the deck It's not pleasant, in fact. A galley slave was chained to a wooden bench to a row underneath a ship. Yeah, and to row the Ottoman ships, and and this is kind of nasty, but all aspects of life occur on that bench. You eat there. That is your bench. That's your home. You eat there, you sleep there, you're not allowed to lie down. Restroom stuff is all handled right there. You're not moving. No. They and don't the, want to no. risk you. And, the, and you're chained. You can't move. The Ottomans needed thousands of Christian slaves to row the boats because... The control of Europe required the control of the Mediterranean Sea, which, yes, you got to row to get there in those times. Yes, and think about it. All the books that we've talked Only about... Only sailing can get you so far. You know, um, the Apostle Paul sails to the island of Cyprus. You know, all these things are happening. Yeah. And so uh, the Mediterranean is a big, big deal in the ancient world. So for First of all, let's talk about why were the Ottoman Turks on a winning streak? Um, because that's kind of the big question. And we mentioned it a little earlier. The Christian Church is really divided between the Catholic Church and the Reform and the Reformation. And of course, many of the Christian states, like Venice, yes, Venice was a Christian yes. state, have lucrative trade deals with the Ottoman Empire to keep their land no. safe. Yeah, I, as is true today, a lot of uh, Christians were choosing money over and wealth over their faith. Yeah, that's a great idea. That won't have any backlash. (laughs) And so to control the sea, you had to control the water. And the naval tactics in 1571 where you pulled your boat up alongside the enemy boat and you boarded it and you fought it out on blood-soaked decks with arrows with a saber strike amid drums, horns, deafening cannons, rifles, pistols, any weapon you can think of in that time. A lot of hand-to-hand combat happened. It's brutal stuff. It's basically the way you would fight on land, but on boats. The but only it's on difference a boat, is so you could get thrown yes, off a boat. And you can't run away. So if you will If you close your eyes and join us on the morning of October seventh, fifteen seventy one. Two massive naval armadas faced off near the coast of southwest Greece in the Gulf of Patras. The great author, Miguel de Cervantes, who wrote Don Quixote, described the scene on the morning of the battle. The most noble and memorable event that in past centuries had ever seen. Just over 600 ships in two amazingly orderly lines, each stretching three miles from end to end, silently bore down on one another as the distance between them closed. A sense of destiny weighed upon all who watched and waited. The huge green battle flag of Allah, with his name embroidered on it in Arabic some 29,800 times, marked out the tall Ottoman flagship, the Sultana, on which the fearsome young Admiral Ali Pasha held command. 
However, the lines of ships drew closer, and the Ottomans were amazed by the sight of thick barges well out in front of the Christian line. Yeah, these are these weird-looking flat ships that nobody had ever seen before. They were new ships. New ships, because... The Christians had a nasty surprise for the Ottomans. The Christians had developed a new kind of ship. It was flat and kind of looked like a rectangular merchant ship. Unlike most ships that had a large rod for ramming ships at the bow, these six new ships had cannons in the bow mm. that could shoot forward accurately over a mile long. And then when they turned sideways, another nasty surprise, they could sink an Ottoman ship with its Christian slaves rowing below in a single broadside blast. Despite that, ultimately the Battle of Balbi was a classic naval battle. Imagine the sharp sound of wood snapping. The roars of men on both sides fighting and dying and heaps oars of the galleys were shattered. And huge holes opening up the thin wooden sides of the galleys. The Ottomans relied mostly on bows and arrows and swords. That killed many of the Christian ships. Many of them. Uh, people on the Christian ships, uh, including the great Venetian commander Agostino Barbarino, who... Who was shot with an arrow into the eye. Ouch. But most of the Christian warriors wore what we call today body armor. You see knights wearing um, iron, which often repelled wooden arrows harmlessly. Nonetheless, at least one Christian ship was later found aimlessly afloat with every single man dead or wounded. In four hours, the battle was over. Now let this sink in. More than 40,000 men had died, and thousands more were wounded. That is more than any other battle in the history of the world. Yes, any battle. Any battle. More than the Somme, anything in World War One, anything in World War Two. All in under four, four hours. hours. Never again did the Ottoman fleet pose a grave danger to Europe from the south. But as news of the great victory spread, church bells rang over the whole city and the countrysides of Europe. For months, Pope Pius V had urged Catholics to say the daily rosary on behalf of the morale and good fortune of the Christian forces. He declared October 7th would be celebrated as the... Feast of Mary, Queen of Victory. As it is known to this very day, although under a slightly less combative name that a later pope changed to. The Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Great paintings to commemorate the battle, which you can see on our episode yeah. page, were painted. And entire galleries in Europe to this day are covered in great paintings to preserve the memory of the battle alone. All right, so let's talk about how do we apply this today. The first thing is the divided Christian church is a vulnerable church. Whether it's just mainly in religion or just like different standards, different opinions, it's yeah. going to fall mm -hmm. apart. We've, uh, we've said this before, the Christian church cannot be done in by anything other than the Christian church. We are our own downfall. <laughs> yes. And we've witnessed it. We've witnessed oh, it. Some gosh. people think we're a little too hardcore or whatever, and too we aggressive. Yeah, too aggressive, and uh, we gotten glossed as not being tolerant, which is absolutely That's untrue, false. but um, that is that is one of the biggest things. Why this, don't you come talk to yeah, us? Yeah, or, or as Tiki once famously said, just listen to 
the show. And of it's course, not that hard. it's not that hard. And the <laughs> other way we apply this. The Bible contains many records of battles because sometimes God needs you to fight for him and his kingdom. He's not immediately going to step in. Sometimes you do have to take that step forward in the name of God to fight for him. Yeah, if you're sitting at home and have some extra time, go back and listen to some of our uh, shows. When we first started doing the Bible, you'll recall oh, that when... Our voices are going to be different. Very, very different. But when God led his people into the promised land, there were already people living there. And they yeah. had to fight for it. And, and so, they were like, no. Yes, if you can leave or we can fight you for it, which is exactly what happened. Hey, listen, folks. The other way to apply this is we must remain vigilant and ready to fight. Despite this amazing victory, this very week, more people... In Europe, people will attend Muslim services on Friday than Christians will attend Mass and service on Sunday. Well, it's not that we can really go to church <laughs> at this point. Yes, and when things get back to normal, that will still be the case. And so whether it's 1571 or 2020, um, we're going to encounter times of crisis in our life, of course. But Isaiah reminds us in the Bible, Don't fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. It's a great verse. Isaiah 43, 1. Hey, folks, we don't know what the next few weeks are going to look like. So just kind of keep... Be flexible. Keep refreshing that page. We've... We found a way to do this show through yeah. all kinds oh. of circumstances, so don't worry. If we've done it with no Wi-Fi before, I yes. feel like we're able to figure out a way to do oh, it. It's like the Dr. Seuss. We've done it in a box. We've done oh, it with a God. fox. Uh, we've done it in a house. We've done it with You'd a You'd be impressed mouse. how good at finagling stuff yes. we are. Don't worry, folks. As they say in show business, the show must go oh. on. I hope you're having a great spring break 2.0. I want to send a quick shout-out to all the high school seniors in the class of 2020. I'm sorry. Sorry this is happening Yay. in your senior year. Kiki is in that class. I'm in that um, a special extra shout out to you cross Lutheran folks who in your eighth grade graduation year were dealing with a lot of change and tumultuous oh. times as the school went through some leadership changes. Don't worry, it's going to make you more resilient than ever, and the little changes in your life will not seem so major as you get older and go on. No, but, the um, only thing that really made my class complain about anything is a literal lockdown yes. for three weeks. And if we can get this, if it swiftly passes, and I pray that it does, we can all get back to normal, and you'll yeah. be back well, with your friends. Normal, I feel like normal would have to be in quotations because yes. everything has to change after no, this anyway. it is. It is a moment of inflection, and things are going to be different. But one thing that will not be different is if you're listening to the ChristCast 2020 podcast, it will be myself, Jason Dyes, alongside Kiki Culpepper. And as we always say, to God be the glory. There ain't no practice runs in life. This is the